Hi, I'm Nancy Dufresne. Welcome to our podcast channel. We know you'll be blessed by today's message. I was sitting, uh, standing there on the, I think standing, last night. Pastor Nancy was ministering a couple different times to the sick. And I was, um, enjoyed the whole service, of course. But I was impressed with how strong that healing flow was. Um, Do you know that the anointing by which we minister, and when we say the anointing, you know, we're talking about the transfer and the flow of God's power. So it's not, it's not an imaginary thing. It's a, we, we love to use the word tangible. I love to use that word. It's a tangible thing. It's a, it's a perceptible thing. And uh, you can g- come to the place where you can sense or recognize that the movement of that flow. Yes. And uh, I, I was just thinking the couple different times that she ministered to the sick. I was thinking, Lord, that's strong. Mm-hmm. Meaning it, it was uh, particularly Tangible. Matter of fact, uh, I'd be curious to maybe if some of the other ministers who are used in the area of healing, if it works that way with you. But every time she called for something uh, to minister healing, the anointing came on me. Meaning it wouldn't have surprised. I mean, I wasn't planning for her to say, you come minister. But if she had said that, I would like that. That would be no surprise because it's just it's in me. It's on me. It's flowing. And that's just a lesson that not every time you sense something is it your assignment to minister that? You know, of course, uh, we, could, uh, we could learn that, can't we? You know, just like, because uh, sometimes people mistake it. They think if I, if I sense it, then it's for me to do it or for me to get up and say it. We, we, we used to see that sometimes. I remember in the meetings I was in with Brother Hagen, and uh, we'd be in the meetings and, and uh, sure as he would say, let, you know, let's everybody reverence God and just wait on the Lord a second. Well, surely as he'd do that, somebody in the far reaches of the back, the back row of the Civic Center, wherever we were, they'd get up and start giving a message in tongues. Well, nobody could hear it. You couldn't hear the interpretation. You could, you could hear what was going on. But Brother Hagen, you know, would then very kindly instruct, you know, um, actually, if we just waited on God... <laughs> I could have given that out <laughs> over, a, over the PA system. You know, we all could have heard it. Right. Yeah. Would have benefited anybody. Well, what was that? Somebody sensed it and thought that the sensing was the permission to do it. You know, and, and so, but we just have to learn. Yeah. Amen. And so, uh, anyhow, I was thinking particularly that the, when she asked, called last night for those who couldn't come back. To, if, if you weren't here, you'd have to go watch and, and uh, see what I'm talking about. When she asked those who couldn't come back to another service, you come up. And I'm sitting there again thinking, this is really strong. Now, forgive me for thinking this. Have you ever had an un- unholy thought? Because, <laughs> you know, it was getting later. And uh, <laughs> it's like, you know, Jesus might be coming back tomorrow. We've got to get a good night's sleep. <laughs> <laughs> it's getting later and we, you just if I can say this you don't expect much when you say okay well if you can't come back you know just come up and it was almost like we want to take care of you and I know it was heartfelt and sincere so forgive me I just thought you know thought that way and they came up and it's like there's this strong flow yeah. and so you know just corrected me um and because I'm thinking, okay, let's get this over with. I know you've never thought that. 
You've never thought that, but uh, praise the Lord, I did. I, just for a second, just for a second, I corrected myself. I said, no, the, listen, Jesus died for these people, right? And so we want to minister to them. But anyhow, God started to talk to me uh, about some things about that healing flow. Now, can I have you in your Bibles? you have your Bibles here? Can I have you go to the verse that, um, or the passage that Pastor Nancy took us to last night in Luke 4? Hallelujah. And I will, make a, I, will, I will get back to what I started, but I want to look here in the Word. Um, and I'm not going to preach what she preached, per se, maybe a little bit of it. Same passage. Uh, verse 16 says that he came to Nazareth where he had been brought up. He'd be, he came up there, yeah? And as his custom was, went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day, stood up for to read, and there was delivered to him the book of the prophet Isaiah. And when he opened the book, he found the place where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, and recovering of sight to the blind to set at liberty them that are bruised to preach the acceptable year of the Lord here's what I want to get to it's it's these next two verses he closed the book gave it again to the minister and sat down and the eyes of all them that were in the synagogue were fastened on him and he began to say to them this day is this scripture fulfilled in your ears well what scripture was he referring to when he said this day this scripture is fulfilled in your ears well the scripture in what we now call Isaiah 61 which is what he was quoting when he said the spirit of the Lord is upon me because uh, he's done what anointed me to to proclaim he's anointed me to heal right it anointed me to, to bring deliverance recovery of sight uh, all would agree some pretty outst- a pretty outstanding job description there, right? And he said, today it's fulfilled. Yes. Except it wasn't. Because he didn't get any of it done. Not that day. I mean, he said, today this scripture is fulfilled. In other words, what did he say? The availability of this is not, no longer future tense, but the availability of all this is right here, right now, all for you. But if you know the rest of the story, none of it happened. Not that day. It was fulfilled, but it wasn't received. You with me? Because uh, before it could be received, he was rejected. <laughs> right? Or ejected, really, would be the almost the better way to say it. He, he was kicked out. He was kicked out of town. And uh, it goes on to to say, well, uh, verse 23, Jesus said, you'll surely say to me this proverb, physician, heal yourself. Whatever we've heard done in Capernaum, do here also in your country. But Jesus said, verily I say to you, no prophet is accepted in his own country. 
And then he goes on to talk about uh, the, the widow that Elijah ministered to. Remember her? And then he goes on to talk about uh, Naaman the leper. And he said in verse 27, he said, many lepers. Everybody say many lepers. Many lepers were in Israel in the time of Elisus, or that's just a Greek rendering of Elisha, the prophet. None of them was cleansed, saving Naaman the Syrian. None of them, none of the lepers in Israel were cleansed. Yet this prophecy in Isaiah 61 of healing was available. And no one received it except an outsider, Naaman the Syrian. And Jesus said that the reason that was the case, the reason that the people this day didn't receive, and the reason that their forefathers didn't receive, was because a prophet is without honor. It, was an, it wasn't a power issue. It was an honor issue. And, and, and what it was is they didn't, Rightly, they didn't perceive who was speaking to them. And what they did was they tripped up over the fact uh, that, listen, he was raised here. We know his mama. We knew his dad. We, we knew all his brothers. And they started to name all the brothers, uh, James, Joseph, Judas, and then all his sisters. They didn't name the sisters, but named the fact that he had sisters and said, you start going down somebody's family tree and start and saying, I know this, I know the order of their birth. And, you know, Jesus was the firstborn. We know that, right? Do you know that? Okay. <laughs> I love to teach the body of Christ this. We know for sure that Jesus was born first because of the whole virgin thing. Uh, but anyhow, <laughs> so... So they're saying, yeah, like we, we, know, we know them, we know what school, we know who he had for sixth grade, for seventh grade, for eighth grade, we knew all his teachers, blah, blah, blah. And what did they do? They were so, uh, they were so familiar with his, his humanity that they, uh, they locked him into his humanity. And they refused to see the spirit of the Lord that was upon him. And because they refused to see that, they didn't give him a place. And because they didn't give him a place, they didn't give him a voice. And because they didn't give him a voice, none of what he said was fulfilled and available was able to come to pass that day. But it was God's plan that it did. And we know that because it goes on over in, uh, oh, this is Luke, but if you, went, if you looked at this account, in Mark chapter six, uh, it says that he could, do no, he could do there no mighty work. Well, that means he tried to do, he yeah. endeavored right. to step into some of these things. He endeavored to bring the fulfillment of that which he had prophesied. And he couldn't, he couldn't. How come he couldn't? Not because of him, not because of the, the, the anointing not being there, but he couldn't do it because they couldn't see it. They couldn't yeah. receive it. Yeah. We learn this in ministry. It's not what a person needs. It's not what the preacher knows. It's what can they receive. What can they receive? 
And you can't receive what you won't hear. And, and we're not just talking about what you hear with your physical ears. You, you, won't, you, can't, you can't move out into what you won't see. And we're not talking about just what you see with your natural eyes. Uh, you have to have a heart to receive. How, how many times did Jesus say in his ministry, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. Well, was there a race of people in Jesus' day that just physically were born without flaps on the side of their head? Huh? No, it wasn't that at all. That wasn't the issue. They had the flaps. They even had the eardrums. But what they didn't have was a hearing heart. Right? And so Jesus, uh, if you put all these accounts together, he, he summed up the issue. He said, listen, this is just an, an issue of honor and disregard because of familiarity. Yes. Or because, uh, you know, how many know if you don't know somebody, you might not give their words the weight. But uh, so you need to learn to do what Dr. Dufresne used to talk about a lot. He, he said one of, the, uh, one of the handicaps right now in the body of Christ is people, people fail to see greatness in other people. And so uh, it's so important, I said all that to say, it's so important that honor and regard is there whether or not you are familiar with a person, whether or not you... And sometimes, as we've seen, the danger is that you are familiar with a person, that the more familiar you are with them, sometimes you tend to see them according to their humanity and fail to see God on them or fail to see a place that they stand in or a place that they walk in or a voice that they have. And so, uh, so I said all that. I remember I was standing there last night there and and that healing thing and God began to talk to me about healing and some things and actually Pastor Nancy uh, even ministered something to me last night and it wasn't until I was in bed laying awake till really really early in the morning because I my policy is I don't want to think about this service I always tell my wife I'm just going to go to bed and I'm going to wake up early and prepare for this service because I know what happens uh you start thinking about the service and start, you know, discerning what's going on and then the anointing for it will actually come on you and you'll be zinging all, I call it zinging. <laughs> you just be laying there. And so what I always tell her every time is I'm just going to go to bed and wake up in the morning and think about the morning service. And it's like 9.15 in the morning. She's like, uh, you might want to get up. <laughs> I was like, I was up till like 3. Went to bed early. So I did it again last night. Went to bed. Didn't go to dinner afterwards. Just went to bed early so I could lay there <laughs> for hour after hour. And Pastor had said some stuff uh, to me last night that I thought about in bed about, about my voice and different things like that. I have to go back and listen to it because I don't remember word for word. But uh, then God began to deal with me about some things to say and proclaim and decree to the body of Christ this morning. Amen. Now, I, I said what I said about Jesus' ministry, uh, just to say that if I could say it, but if you don't receive it, and if the body of Christ doesn't receive it, then it doesn't matter that it was said. And uh, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say some stuff from, from a place 
as God instructed me. All right? Um, so when I was standing there and she was ministering to the, to the sick, I, I started thinking to myself and talking to the Lord saying, that's strong. That's strong. It was strong on her. It was strong on me. Just being in proximity to it, being close to it. And I'm sure many others sensed the same thing. It's just, uh, and I've noticed this. I've noticed this as, as I've been ministering and going different places. Man, the, just the, the healings have been more uh, remarkable. The, the healing anointing has been stronger. The, the results have been more dramatic and really more instant. A lot, a lot more of like immediate type results. And um, awesome. And so I was talking to the Lord about that standing right there, and he, and he said this to me. He said, I just need the opportunity. And what, what we did, uh, now I'll have to unpack that to you a little bit, that word, because that might not mean to you. I understood, how many know the Lord can say something to you in a way that you understand it, but not everybody else would understand it? So... Um, I knew what he meant. Pastor Nancy, was, she was giving the opportunity. Of course, you have to be led in the, by, in the service. You know, uh, how, many, how many things could we do here this morning? An infinite amount of, of things. I mean, we have all this, the whole book, you know, you, you, but you can't preach everything, every service. You can't minister every way, every service. You still have to be led. But when you are led and when you respond to that, you're giving God the opportunity. And when he said it to me, I, I understood what he meant was that I just need the opportunity. Just give me the opportunity. And he was ministering to me how greatly he desires to move. And then as I was in bed, he spoke something to me. And he said, I am on a healing rampage. <laughs> I had to say all that I said so it would be received when I said that. We're declaring to you today. He's on a healing rampage. And he needs the opportunity. Just needs the opportunity. Needs the, what's the opportunity? Well, he can't, do, he can't do all of his healing on his own. Do you understand what I mean by that? He can't do all of his healing on his own. He needs the cooperation of his body. Many times he needs a set of hands to work through. Um, he needs a mouth to work through. Yes. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Um, it, it's been foretold, prophesied, accurately prophesied. You know, if, you, if, you, if you've ever studied the um, healing revival from back in the 1947 to 1958, I believe is when the, the bigger part of it happened. Um, and if different people would say this who were present, they said healing was just in the air, in the air. And that was, the, that was kind of the defining feature of the healing revival. When it was in its fullness, it was, it was, the atmosphere was permeated. That flow was so strong, you understand. I wasn't there physically, obviously. I wasn't alive then, but uh, we, ha we know people that were. I mean, we have a very dear minister friend who's, gosh, 91. He'd be 91 right now. Still just like, you can't keep up with him. You can't just keep up with him. He lives, he lives in uh, Buffalo, New York, where we pastored. 
and uh, we'll get together with him. He actually traveled with Jack Coe. He, was, he played uh, the organ for Jack Coe. And uh, he, he, said, he said, I know we've had revivals since then. You know, we talk about the, um, well, after the healing revival, really a bigger one would be like the charismatic revival. If you were in the church and if you were not in the church, it was the Jesus movement. Right. But they were happening simultaneously. And then the teaching revival. He said, really, the healing revival was, was, was um, the strongest. And I said, well, why do, you, why do you say that? I said, I've been in some pretty good moves of God, you know. Why do you say, he said, the, tan, the, the power, the level of the power was so palpable, tangible. Yeah, if you've heard, and, and uh, th- that's, this is an eyewitness. This is somebody who was in it. He said, we've, we've not had anything since then that is at that level. And, um, but many different ones have prophesied that that is coming around again in the sense that, uh, you know, Dr. Dufresne certainly is one of them. Brother Hagen certainly is one of them. Those are the two individuals that God put in my life to really, um, to really, ma- the main ones, there's, there's many, but the, the main ones that spoken to me as I was coming up, I'm still coming up, developing, you know what I mean? Are we all growing, right? And uh, so, so they would prophesy about it, that the end time revival, even Smith Wigglesworth had a, a well-known prophecy to Lester Summerall that this end time revival would be a combination or would be inclusive, better way to say it, right? And it be inclusive of all the other different ones that we've had. Right. How many have heard something along those lines? Meaning that we're not done like what happened in the 1950s. We're not just riding this thing out on the decline. You know what I mean? Until, until Jesus comes for that weak, emaciated church and rescues us before we're... No, no, he's coming back for a glorious, a glory-filled church without spot and wrinkle. So we, we're ironing some stuff out of us today here. We're washing some stuff out of us. And so it's been, it's been prophesied about this healing move, amen, along with, along with other elements, not just healing. And so well, what, what I gather from that is that what was in the air must again be in the air, not just there, but in our air, right? And uh, I want to declare to you today that uh, at, by the direction of the Lord, that we're not waiting on that. That's here. That's here. That's here. God's on a healing rampage. I just have to say what he said to me. That's what he said. I'm on a healing rampage. Now, what's a rampage? You've heard of people who go on like a shooting spree? That means they're very indiscriminate. What they want is death. It doesn't matter who. Right. We've heard, we heard it. We hate it when we see it. But uh, they just go in and they just start spraying the room with bullets, right? right? That's a spree. That's a rampage, yeah. right? right? Healing rampage. <laughs> you might be here and you didn't even plan it. You weren't even believing for it. Sorry you were in the room. Sorry. You were there. You were there. Now, glory to God, we have an assignment on prayer this week, but this was, this was what kept me up. 
And actually, God, you know, I, that was it. You know, that's it, what, what, what God talked to me about. But the, when the anointing came on me for that, then I couldn't sleep. And so uh, if I can't sleep, I don't think anybody else should sleep. But my wife and I have separate rooms when we're on these meetings for the very reason that I can't say, uh, hey, <laughs> I can't wake her up. We know, uh, uh, well, he's with the Lord now, but there was a minister who specialized in healing. And he, he would study at night, and he would get so full of the word that the anointing would come on him like late at night. You know, everybody's asleep. And he's sitting there in bed. And so finally he nudges his wife, wakes her up. She said, what? She said, are you sick? <laughs> Reason he asked her that is just the anointing would get so, come on him so strong. It's like, I got to find somebody. She's like, no, I'm sleeping. So that's why we get separate rooms. There's no other reason. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Now, in John chapter 4, I'll just call your attention to the, the 23rd verse where Jesus said, The hour comes and now is when true worshipers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth, for it says the Father seeks such to worship Him. Do you see that? The Father seeks such. Now when we talk about worship, a lot of times we, we talk about uh, worship in the context of praise and our verbal expressions. But worship is, that, that's, that's true, but worship is a bigger concept. Worship is really our entire yeah. life in some respects, yeah. but it's, it's our connection, it's how we connect yes. to God. Yes. Yes. Do you hear that? Yes. It's, it's how we connect to Him. Right. And do you know God is interested in us connecting to Him? Yes. And it says He seeks such. Yeah. He seeks people that will connect to them because when you connect to him he can flow to you yes. what he has for you can yes. can be delivered to you uh, remember again something I said earlier it's not just a matter of what a person needs that doesn't that doesn't meet the need the fact that they need it right. the fact that there's a need that doesn't get God to move it's not just what we, maybe as ministers or, or other believers, it's not just what you know. Because how many have ever had uh, encountered the frustration of knowing exactly how to help somebody, but you couldn't help them? That was Jesus. And he didn't come there to Nazareth to cause a riot. That's not why he came. They came, as a matter of fact, I mean, he, he had just come off of one meeting after another of the most amazing things that had happened. You got to imagine he was pretty excited to take that to his hometown, right? right? Because he probably knew some of the people in his own hometown. They knew they could use some help. And he could not, he couldn't deliver that help to them, could not. It's not just what you know. It's not just what they need. It's what will they receive, and so, uh, 
God can, God can say what he said today in terms of the healing rampage and that healing revival where, where it's so strong it's in the air. That's here. I can, I can tell you that. I would, I, would, uh, I would stake everything that I've ever known that I heard from God on that. And that he's given me a voice and a place this morning at least to proclaim that, to say that, to release that to the body of Christ. But him saying it, that doesn't, that doesn't cause it to come to fulfillment in everybody's life. What that does is guarantees the availability of it. But we still have to connect to it. And I want you to know God's seeking those who will connect to him. God's seeking for that connection, meaning he wants to do it. He wants to act more than we want him to. We, we talk about how, well, we're seeking God for our healing. We're seeking God for our answers. We're seeking God for our help. Not as much as he is. He seeks. He seeks. He seeks. Uh, where, where is the verse? Uh, is, it, is it 2 Chronicles? Um, the eyes of the Lord run to and Is it 2 Chronicles 16.9? The eyes of the Lord run to, or, to and fro throughout the earth. Is that where it is, y'all? Help me. Help me. 2 Chronicles. That's where I think it is, anyhow. <laughs> 2 Chronicles 16.9. For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong in behalf of those whose heart is perfect toward him. That's a verse. That's a verse. The eyes of the Lord run to and fro. (laughs) The Father seeks, the Father seeks, the Father seeks, the Father seeks. There's There's a Holy Spirit scanner. Radar. Looking. And I'm telling you, he, he is looking for an opening. Where can I get in? Whose life can I invade? And that's so different than the mentality of, well, we're down here. God's up there. And I just wish he'd look my way. Huh? I just wish I could get him to pay attention to if I pray harder. If I get more people to pray. Maybe God will take a liking to me. And that he'll send his answer. No. No, that's not what Bible teaches. Huh? God seeks. God seeks. God. He, he already came down. He sent his spirit. He sent his power. He's already connected it to your life. Yes. Amen. Now he's looking for the opening. Yes. He's, looking for the re- he's looking for the reception. Yes. I can tell you're not convinced. We'll give you more. Praise the Lord. That's all right. That's all right. Let's go, go with me uh, this morning to 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Have we really been here for an hour already? <laughs> Somebody says it feels like three. Well, I really have some things uh, along the lines of prayer <laughs> that I didn't get to today, but that's why we're here for more than one day. <laughs> Praise the Lord. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, 
Uh, yet, no way, no way, not, this, not yet, not this morning. But I'm going to just read one verse. Praise the Lord. Verse 9 is everybody's favorite verse in 1 Corinthians 2. Isn't it, isn't it one of your favorites? It's one of my favorites. Um, I remember when I was first saved, we would, we would quote this verse. We'd, we'd, always, we'd never quote it with any of the surrounding verses because we didn't know them. We just knew this one. What's it say? Eye has not seen, nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for them that love him. And we quote that verse and we get all happy about the fact that God has things prepared for us because we love him, right? How many, <laughs> how many when you got saved, you were as dangerous as I was, you know? <laughs> You're like, okay, I, 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 you think you know some things, and really you know just really a very few little things. But uh, you're teaching, like I was actually teaching a Bible study in college. Worst things you could do in college. But we, we, no, seriously, listen, at the University of Miami, Carl Gables, Florida, we had a, just in the music school, we had a Bible study that was really bigger than my first church for a lot of the time, for the first several years that I pastored, that Bible study was popping and it lasted for 10 years after we left. Because yeah. we, we would hear of other people and just a friend of mine started it in the music school. We'd get together every week and I mean, we, we, were, we were outgrowing this room. We had to go find somebody else on campus that would let us, I think finally the Jewish community, because uh, uh, they build these buildings on the campus and some, somebody let us use a room yeah. and we'd go there and then there was churches that wanted to take us over and uh, bring us into their shepherd, anyhow, to bring us into their stuff. And uh, so, so we, we would be teaching, we'd, we'd teach verses like this, and, and we'd think, man, it's so awesome that God has great things prepared for us because we love him, we knew that. Yeah. We also knew that I hadn't seen it, <laughs> and ear hadn't heard it, yeah. so we'll probably never know it. <laughs> but we just know that they're great things, <laughs> and that's good enough for me. But I'll tell you, if you ever want to answer your Bible questions, read the next verse. Read the next verse. That's, reading the next verse will, will, will show you where you're wrong, and it'll give you the answers. And so it is, it is written, eye has not seen nor ear heard nor have entered into the heart of man the things, the things, the things, glory to God, that God has prepared for them that love them. But God has revealed them to us by his spirit for the spirit searches all things yea the deep things of God the spirit searches all things this is another reference to the fact that that he is scanning he's scanning and scanning a realm that you and I can't physically see he's scanning the depths of God Looking so that nothing that God has for you misses you. Amen. He's scanning and is endeavoring to reveal those things to us. One of the ways he does that is as we take our place in prayer. See, I got to my assignment. Praise the Lord. Come on up. Come on up. Hallelujah. 
Do you have anything to? <laughs> do you have anything that would make sense out of anything that happened today? <laughs> Praise the Lord. I haven't even seen her for a couple of days. Glory to God. Praise the Lord. If not, let's pray. Which one do you want? Uh, I, I want. <laughs> Uh, you got the microphone. Do uh, whatever you want. Share something. Praise the Lord. Don't worry. We're not nervous, so you don't have to be. <laughs> when Pastor Nancy was ministering last night, yeah, I wasn't in the service, but I was watching the service. I just landed in Austin, so we were driving up and, and watching. We got to teach these airlines, reserve a parking spot. It's not just getting to the Oh my airport. gosh, we were sat on the tarmac. You need for... a parking spot. I'm sorry, we don't have a gate for you. Anyway, um, while she was ministering, she had mentioned a vision that I had had. Yeah. Um, it was many years ago. And when I got to bed last night, I too was up. But um, the Lord dealt with me to uh, relate that to you all. I don't normally share that too often. She probably shares it more than I do. Yeah, yeah. But um, that particular vision that I had, I have not had many, just a few in my many years as a Christian. But I was actually caught up into heaven, but I did not get to go around heaven like some other people have. I only went to a specific place. And that was, as Pastor Nancy ministered last night, it was this giant warehouse, probably four times the size of this room. And it was gleaming white, just gleaming. And it was full, like she said, of body parts. It, it was extraordinary. And unlike um, you see sometimes in, in movies, old, old movies from like the early 1900s, like the meat markets or something like that, where there's just racks of cows or whatever. It was old, you know, old and grungy and disgusting. Um, this was bright and glory-filled. And as she said, all the parts in that room were alive. But it wasn't, it was mind-blowing, but it, it wasn't gory. It wasn't like Friday the 13th. It wasn't scary. It, it wasn't Halloween. <laughs> <laughs> um, it was amazing. They were all living and active and ready to be delivered. But the other thing that was there were the angels. And um, talking about healing being in the air. Yeah. The angels for this era are here to cooperate. And those angels were coming and going as fast as you could imagine. It was, they were Boom, boom. They were in and out, in and out. And they were taking the parts and they were going. In, out, in, out. They were so devoted yeah. to their job. Yes. And their job was to deliver what the people needed. 
Their job was to deliver and take to them anything that they might need in their body. They were ready to go. And they were, they were moving so fast. And, and what overwhelmed me was when I, I'd see an angel go and he'd leave with a heart in his hand, alive. And a moment of time he'd be back and he'd still have the heart in his hand. And he was looking like I couldn't deliver it they wouldn't receive it. And then others would come back and their hands were empty. Yeah. And they were so satisfied. They did their job. They were able to fulfill the word that they were given. It matters to God that we receive what he has. It matters. It matters to him that people are getting all that he has. He has everything that we would need physically, mentally, emotionally. He has everything that we need. But as you were saying, it's, it's what will we receive? What will we receive? God is seeking those who will receive all that he has. And we are not to take any of that lightly. The angels don't. They take their job so seriously. Their job to protect, their job to deliver healing, their job to bring you whatever you might need. They take that job seriously. We need to take our job of receiving seriously. Seriously. And making power available in prayer is part of our job as well. So that others, when they come, they can just receive that which they don't even know how to receive. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. Along these same lines, uh, I remember years ago God teaching me something about the angels. uh, We've had a couple dogs that are boxers. We've had three. Mm -hmm. Um, Not all at the same time, but uh, our first one's name was Bella, the, and uh, Bella, when we lived in New York, uh, we first got her, we owned a, a home that had a pretty, it was a pretty narrow lot, and, uh, but it went back really far, yeah. and you could throw a ball, and there was a lot, I mean, this dog, so what she would do is, it was like, they're really muscular, really, really strong dogs. And it was almost like you could see the, the ripples and all the muscles, and you could see them like, like a, spr- a spring wound or spring loaded, yeah, yeah. just yeah. waiting for. And the, so the dog would be facing the direction I was going to throw, but her head was back here, yeah. waiting for me to let go of that ball. Yeah. And then the second you let go of that ball, boom, like you shot something out of a cannon. Yeah. And uh, we were doing that one time, and uh, I wouldn't say it was a a vision-type experience like what you have, but the Lord ministered something to me. He said, that's what the angels are like. They're assignments, the different assignments, be it it healing, be it provision, whatever it is, they are pointed in the direction, looking back, waiting Waiting for... The word from, from you some, yeah. so much of the time. Waiting for that faith command. Yeah. Waiting for us to cooperate and work with them. 
Right. Amazing stuff. Right. Also, go ahead. No, no, no. I'm also reminded about that story as you were talking. Uh, remember Brother Hagen uh, spent that time. He was, uh, there was the missionary who was sick. And uh, there was actually like a side quarters off of the church. Brother Hagen was there at a church holding healing meetings. And there was a missionary in the, really in the final stages of cancer. And Brother Hagen would take hours during the day to make power available, like you just talked about, praying. Yeah. Just making power, you know, not asking God to do it, because as we've already talking, talked about today, I mean, God didn't just get on this rampage today, you understand. Yeah. This is, this is, he's just announcing it, (laughs) get us on board with it, but um, not trying to convince God, but, but really just to make it, make that power so easy that, that somebody who, like you said, didn't know how to receive can receive anyhow. How many here, you got saved without really knowing what you were doing? Absolutely. I mean, if my prayer worked, oh my God, (laughs) anybody's could work. I didn't know a scripture, so I couldn't quote the scripture. (laughs) No. No, I mean, it was the most fumble around thing. Just ask. God's like, I got you. I got you. Yeah, and so he's, that's, that's, I'm telling you, that's how he is. He so desires, so desires, so desires to deliver what he has to us. And so um, Brother Hagen's praying for this. And he, Brother Hagen prays so much and makes so much power available that he discerned Jesus present in the room. Right. Like Jesus is there in the room. Yeah. That's. That's power. That's power. <laughs> How many have ever prayed the Lord into your bedroom? Come on now. Um, so Brother Hagen turns to the missionary and said, Jesus is here to heal you. Mm. And the missionary says, I sense him. He's, he's right there at the edge of my bed, isn't he? Brother Hagen said, yeah, he is. Brother Hagen said, just reach out and receive. Yeah. And the missionary starts, and they said, I can't, I can't, I can't. I can't. And how many times did it happen, those that know the story? A couple, two, three times. And finally, Jesus turned to Brother Hagin and said, you see, I've come to heal him. And he won't let me. And then so many days he'll be with me. He'll he'll go home. And Brother Hagin actually negotiated. He said, this is a healing meeting. Can we wait until we close the meeting? (laughs) Before he goes. And Jesus said, fine. Yeah, yeah. Praise the Lord. Mm-hmm. Sobering stuff, isn't it? Mm. Yeah. So let's just, in, in the, the bit of time we have left, I know we've taken plenty of time on some other things. Listen, it's been good. It's been God. It's been right. Amen. Amen. Right. And, uh, but l- let's just um, worship him a little bit. And just start there, and we'll see what God has us do, okay? But let's, what we're going to do is connect to him. Yeah. Connect to him. Father... Thank you. How good you are. How great, how great, how great, how great, how great you are. We worship you, Father. We worship you. We bless you. We We magnify you. Hallelujah. We We give you thanks. Now, friends, whatever we're doing, you do too. Lift your voice in worship and thanksgiving. Praise you. We honor you. We magnify you. We bless you. Praise you, We say you're a good God. We worship, You're a great God. We worship we you, We bless Father. you. We magnify so you. We look We're to so you. We're so grateful. Glory to Hallelujah. God. We receive all you said today. We Thank receive you. Thank what you. you said. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. We say what you say. Yes. 
Glory yes, to God. Yes, we thank you. We thank you, we Father. We thank you for the healing. For the we healing flow. We thank you for that Glory flow. Glory to God that we're not we waiting you. on a revisit. Yeah, no, no, no. We no, thank you not, we're in mm, it. Mm, mm, mm. We thank you, Father. Thank you that we're in it. Hallelujah. Lift your voice in prayer, friends. Paramas Paintoko so that the atmosphere is saturated with power. Oh, 
us in our part to cooperate with him because this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world for a witness to every nation and then shall the end come we're not at the end yet but we're at the end of this service pastor hallelujah glory 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 we trust you've enjoyed this message Visit us at DufresneMinistries.org to learn of our upcoming meetings, share your testimony, 
become a partner, or visit our online store. This program has been made possible by the friends and partners of Dufresne Ministries.